Hey, bitch. How's it going? It's your girl, Shay Kool-Aid, and my BFF, Miss Tiger Lily. Hi, Tosh. <laughs> Hi. And here we are on yet another episode of It's Giving Fashion, your new favorite podcast about all things fashion, friendship, and Ferraris. Vroom, vroom. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Oh, thank you. Yes, it was very, it was giving very Ferrari. Very yeah. House of Ferrari. oh my gosh okay on today's episode everybody we are going to be discussing one of our favorite things iconic stage looks we are going to be talking about stage looks from legends like Cher, Madonna, Beyonce, Lady Gaga, you name it. We'll talk about Bob Mackie, Erte. Yes, Erte indeed. And all of our opinions, including some that we do not like in a section that we called It's Not Giving Fashion. So I am going to go put some gas in my Ferrari. And when we come back, we are going to start talking about all these iconic looks. We'll be right back. I am really thrilled because today we're going to be talking about something that we love, iconic yes. stage looks, performance, costumes, because I feel like we really don't talk enough about stage and performance looks yeah, because they are really in a league of their own. And I feel like people don't really appreciate the work that goes into creating these things that are worn in these like amazing stage productions. So you and I both have a background in costume design. That's how we met. Mm -hmm. And before I had switched over to uh, the costume department at Columbia, I was in theater performance, but then I was taking classes over in the fashion department because I was really interested in fashion design as well. And uh, one of the teachers over there was like, you really should go over to costume design because they're all like, I don't think that you would like doing fashion because they're all like, you know, it's all about like, you know, mass producing, you know, they like they were very much so like, no, you, you need to do costumes. You're one of a kind. Yeah. Yes. They're like, it's very that it's giving based on your sketches. It's giving very that. One thing that I learned in the costume department that I feel like was not something that was really focused on in fashion was we think about the creation of like clothes and what we wear in different dimensions. You know, there's like a 2D sketch and a 2D pattern mm -hmm. that then's like put together to create like the 3D look that is like on the human form. But like where costume really uh, comes into play is it 
adds in like a fourth dimension, which is movement. Like the movement is highly, highly thought about and considered when it comes to making a costume. Mm -hmm. And fashion presentations, you know, it's really just got to be able most times to like walk up and down a runway. Whereas like a stage costume needs to be like moved in. And like, that is something that is because you don't want to inhibit the performer in any way. They already have enough going on in terms of performance. So like it has to be dynamic by all means, because, you know, you're thinking about it being in the form of like a live show where people may not be able to see it as close as if it were just like on a screen so it's really got to have a lot of life to it but it's got to be something that the performer the wearer can like move in with ease and that has to be considered in the making of it absolutely there is also so much more engineering that goes into costume design than a normal fashion garment because we have to think about dancing Mm -hmm. um getting thrown around the stage and also thinking about travel if this stage look is going on tour it has to hold up it has to be able to fit in a suitcase or fit in a trunk or something that's traveling with them it also just has to just be heavy duty because everything that goes along with touring and performing on stage it is just way more heavy duty than Mm -hmm. a normal fashion garment And also you have to think about, too, like things like quick changes. So how do you get in and out of this garment as quick as possible? Garments that are reveals, you know, because sometimes, you know, for for the sheer sake of spectacle, you will use costume to create like a reveal where a look changes completely into something else. So like... Mm -hmm. those are also things that are considered in the way that something is like built and constructed. And like you said, the engineering is really for me, like what is a game changer and what really separates like stage costume from, you know, red carpet or everyday wear. And also just thinking about our background in theater, you know, where we're kind of thinking of costumes as a whole, trying to tell a whole story, you Mm. know, if it's a play or musical or whatever, what is this character's color story? How do these costumes look together in a group? You know, like thinking about the, the star versus the chorus or the ensemble members, you know, how does the star differentiate but still tie into them you know there's so many factors when it comes to costume design and a stage look we think about a lot of times there's you know someone who is the costume designer who is you know brought on into a a project to really you know bring forth this element into the show and there's someone who's working for the production or the entertainer, so to speak. But one thing that I love and like mad shout out to Selena, because I remember watching that film and really thinking about the fact that she was not only the musician, the lead singer, you know, star. She was also Mm -hmm. the costume designer. She also was like... It like that to me is just like, 
that is drag mama. You know what I'm saying? Like Selena yes. was out there because, because like, the, you know, drag queens do this all the time too. You know, they're putting together all elements of the production because it's not like, you know, the girls got the coins to be hiring all these people, you know, to mm-hmm. put together like this huge production. So like in the fundamentals of drag, so many girls are designing their own looks. That's part of the Absolutely, art of drag. Yeah. And when you kind of, compare and contrast to like the world of like pop stars you know that tour these like huge shows you know those girls over for the most part ain't out there sketching their looks but that's like one thing that i found (laughs) so inspiring about good old selena was that she was out here being like um i know exactly how i want to look yes and And the looks were hot yes that's what i was gonna say she like she made her stamp as like a sex symbol mm. in the 90s, like mm. with those looks. Yeah. She was she so fly. In. She was so she fly. She was. Like, and oh my God. And she wasn't afraid of that sparkle. Mm. Ooh, yes. Girl, that all white look. Oh, when she's in Ugh. Mexico with the pearled bustier girl hell yeah oh girl yes. you know i love a little monochromatic silhouette oh oh yes. that was so good and then also one thing that i loved growing up because i was so obviously huge beyonce fans here like obviously does a frog have a watertight <laughs> asshole <laughs> like <laughs> good old tosh. you know Good old Mama Tina, you know, because that's mm. Tina's child. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she was out here designing the that. looks for the girls. And like, girl, I was like looking back at the Bills, Bills, Bills video. And I, I just oh. remember, wow, like what a moment like I remember seeing Mm -hmm. those in the sexy little cutouts and the way that like as a costume designer she had them all coordinating but they all had Mm -hmm. their own little like personal style Miss Tina Knowles yes you slayed it down boots and the say my name video I did not even realize what it was back then but in the last like moment where they're doing the little yay 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 in the garage in front of the black cars and that burnt orange latex like Tina Miss Tina I see you (laughs) I see you you. Miss Tina because the girl who was doing that back then what was that like, Nobody. No, girl. I mean, she, they, like, literally Tina made the blueprint for a girl group. Well, maybe, maybe that's a little extreme because we do have, like, the Supremes, the Supremes. and, like, stuff like yes. that. Ooh. Yeah, that came before. Mm. But, you know, really that 90s that, style. Yes, and that millennial style. You know? Like, yes. mm, that Y2K kind of, like, ooh, it was, ooh, it was good, Tina. It was good, Miss yeah. Knowles. Oh, wait, she is no longer Miss Knowles. <laughs> I am so... Sorry, Miss Tina Lawson. Miss Tina Lawson. Yes. I do it out of like habit because it's, you know, you feel like you grew up with Tina. Like, I, it's it's like that in-house. It's like that in-house of Darion. It's that in-house quality of like, you know, yes. the designer being like, you know, there that I feel is like so iconic. So iconic. In your mind, like, iconic like stage look you were like what is 
one thing that comes to mind. I know what mine is. I have to bring it back to Diana Ross and the Supremes when she came out in those beaded out caftans with the big hair, the bouncy hair. That was like everything, you know? That is what pops out to me firsthand because I grew up listening to Diana Ross with my dad and yes. I was always like so obsessed with her. Uh, okay. For me, the first thing that came to mind was... Beyonce, <laughs> go figure. <laughs> I know, right? You know, here we are back again. May 27th, 2012. That. <laughs> I remember it like it was yesterday. That show, first of all, that beaded fringe. Mm. I had never seen it moved like that. In my life, the way that it was just draped over that fine ass caramel body of hers <laughs> with like the perfect little cutouts <laughs> to this end of time choreo where she is just shaking the shit out of that fringe. My, <laughs> like, not to also always bring it back to Tu Wong Fu, but it gave me very Noxzema when they're going through the trunks and she goes, oh no, honey, this is fringe. This is mine. This is mine. <laughs> I never knew that I needed beaded fringe more than when I saw that performance of Beyonce at Revel. Girl, I was like, whew, child. It was, it was like, a, it was, it was a religious experience for me. So when it comes to stage costumes, like I, yes, some, it's Beat always going to be Beyonce. <laughs> it's always gonna... I remember when we saw the Mrs. Carter World Tour. Was it Mrs. <laughs> Carter World Tour that we saw, Tosh, at the United Center? Yeah, uh-huh. And I, I forget what song went into Freakum Dress, but I remember when Beyonce came out in her Freakum Dress and mm -hmm. they were like, all like these chiffon uh -huh. gowns, like all the girls were in them, and they were like deep V to like the belly button, uh -huh. and then slits up to like, the waist, the slits up to the coochie. Yeah, oh my god, that was everything. Like, yeah, because they were Love like, yeah, we're costume. gonna we're gonna drop it down low in these floor length frinkum dresses. Oh, uh, but you thought well, I was gonna bring also, out a little short one. I know. And that was the thing that was so like iconic was everyone thinks of the freakum dress as being that coochie cutter length, like titties out, like whatever. But she brought out the grown ass freakum mm -hmm. dress. And we were like, oh, I remember hanging off the balcony at the United Center with you just dying over it. Screaming. <laughs> but OK. Screaming. Back to Beaded Fringe. And while we're on the subject mm -hmm. of Beaded Fringe, I feel like we cannot sit here and talk about how impactful it is without talking about the one and only Bob Mackie. Oh, yes. Legend. First of all, Bob Mackie, thank you so much for your mm -hmm. service, for your contributions. <laughs> to the world of stage designs. You really, I mean, I, 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 Bob, may I call you Bob? <laughs> Mr. Mackey, you, yes. like really, Sir Mackey, I really, I feel like Bob really created such an iconic like level of just, I mean, he, I feel like he's like our living Erte. 
Yes. Oh my God, I love that. You know, oh, that's someone we need to talk about too, because I don't know if the children all know about Erte. I don't think the children know about Erte. You know, Erte. Okay, Erte, iconic, graphic, fashion designer, artist, icon, mm-hmm. visionary, illustrator, illustrator. Just I. If you do, if y'all do not know who Erte is, Google him, please. E R T E, accent agu. <laughs> he defined like that turn of the century Art Deco style. Had influences from like Egyptian fashion, Orientalism, um, just absolutely fantasy. fabulous. And he, d- absolutely yes, fantasy. fantasy. I mean, he designed for operas and the stage. And I see so many of our current fashion queens, like in pop culture and in drag, referencing Erte and just straight mm-hmm. up mopping Erte looks, like mm-hmm. just straight up recreating his fashion renderings because they are just that good and timeless and timeless. dramatic and just absolutely gorgeous. In addition to like, you know, the fact that Erte did design for all of these amazing operas and such, there's all these, you know, books and just like illustrations that, you know, were never turned into actual looks. So they serve as amazing yeah. like inspiration to like try and and use engineering to like create them, you know? And so yes. to see when people do that is actually really quite impressive because it's just like you are taking this really intricate 2D design and you're bringing it mm-hmm. into the third dimension. And I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of Bob Mackey's influences and just the way that Bob Mackie designs feels very much so like updated version of the master that is Erte. You know, they don't really make them like that anymore because those looks are really about luxury. Yes, money. Money. (laughs) Money. (laughs) Like Mackie money. Yes. Because it's going to be bugle beaded fringe. It's going to be pearls. <laughs> it's going to be cubic zirconia. It's going to be mm. lace. It's going to be four way stretch mesh. It's going to be ostrich plumes. It's going to be marabou. It's going to be headpieces. Mm. It's going to be dusters and ruffled coats. It's going to be sickening. Nope. <laughs> all yes, of those things thank you Bob Mackey <laughs> thank you for your service thank you for what you bring and what you give you know because um, I feel like Bob Mackey just like really does epitomize glamour mm-hmm. and I feel like too there are a lot of stage costumes uh, in addition for because like not every artist is like a glamour girl you know like Beyonce right. it's like we have our more campy girls one -hmm. person that i think their stage costumes are really fun i love Katy perry Mm -hmm. also love lady gaga because she gives she gives camp too like she's theater she gives theater she gives i'm an italian girl from new york who studied (laughs) theater yes Uh, i mean like just uh, gosh like I'm just trying to think her her finale on the monster ball to mm-hmm. bad romance. 
That wait, no, no, uh. no, not even that. No, no, no. Scratch that. <laughs> no. Oh. So happy I could die. That oh. fucking white angel, like a just a uh, disco angel. I believe she said uh, Jim Henson. Um, did the, me- yes. the the mechanics because it like mo- now you wanna? T- I'm sorry, I'm shouting. That's now, iconic. Girl. I'm yeah. shouting. Oh God, <laughs> that I literally. That was a stage I remember, costume. I when the wing reveal came out, I literally almost passed out. I <laughs> I remember because we were watching it at your place. We had got mm-hmm. the, the 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 Madison Square Garden DVD. And yes. I remember we were like sitting on the floor <laughs> of, of, yeah. of your living room <laughs> watching it on the TV. And it was like, I think we were maybe like working on a project or something. We were doing something. But I was like staying over, having a little slumber party or whatever. And, you know, your lovely, amazing parents were upstairs sleeping. And I feel like when that (laughs) moment happened, because I physically couldn't scream, I just literally (laughs) almost just like internally combusted and almost passed out. Like, literally, eternally just, like, collapsed because I just, like, there was so much energy that wanted to escape my body in that moment. I just was literally like, oh, my God. So happy I could literally die. Oh, my God. Um, Yeah. Lady Gaga in her heyday, man, she just gave us performance looks. Like, oh holy shit. Oh, my God. I'm still that pissed really... that, I, that we didn't get to go to the Fame Monster World Tour. I know. I that is a regret. Know. I know. Uh. Well, not stage looks aren't always, like, campy and over the top. Sometimes they're just sexy. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, Britney Spears in her heyday. Bitch. My oh, God. That body. That Mama. that iconic VMAs performance with the python, the yellow python. I was so everything. confused. <laughs> because it stirred so many feelings in me. Because it was so yeah. sexy. I was just yeah, like, was what is this? A sexual awakening. Like, I hello, like, do my I God. want to be with her or do I want to be her? I don't know. <laughs> I think it was the latter. And I think that that was the weird stirring because I was just like, I want to have my belly button ring out with a yellow python on my neck too, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, yes, girl. With that green little, like, I mean, it, mm, that video. I know we talking about the stage, but like... It because it was an adaptation of that video that had just this, you know, the red. It was all about the little, very silky, scarfy little bustier with like, you know, a little extra, extra on the sleeve, you know, because she was really working Mm -hmm. them arms with that choreo girl. Like, child, that girl, slay for you, baby. To this day, when that beat drops, that little Neptune little boop. Every time I'm like, let's go, bitch. 
Let's <laughs> fucking go. Uh, she is a style icon and she really is a sex symbol too. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Warning, this podcast contains juicy tales of a super dysfunctional family. Brothers betraying brothers, friends becoming enemies, and a mother trying her best to keep everything from falling apart. No, this isn't a reality TV rewatch. I'm Dan Jones, your host, and this is one of my all-time favorite true stories. Join me on a trip to the Middle Ages to meet history's most dangerous dynasty, the Plantagenets. This season, the plots are thicker, the ambitions greater, and the betrayals are even more devious in the epic saga of the family that shaped our world. From something else in Sony Music Entertainment, this is History, a dynasty to die for, season two. Listen and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Madonna in her heyday, when that cone bra came out, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't around for that, you know, maybe I was, when was that? Moment? Oh, this was, uh, 1990. So we were, we were, we weren't, we weren't Embryos. like aware, <laughs> but we did because, but it, it was something that was still, it's, it's so funny because even though like, I almost said, even though we weren't alive, even though we weren't <laughs> aware yes. at that time, I still remember this being something that I still saw at a very young age. Like yes. I still was, I yes. still knew this at a young age. So it, I find it very interesting and it shows the impact that it has that even years later, you know what I'm saying? It was something that was still something that people talked about to the point that like mm -hmm. I was aware of it, like as, as being like a Madonna look at a young age, right. you know, we like that Jean-Paul Gaultier, like bullet comb bra. And, and there was something about the styling and the mixture of like this very kind of vintage bullet bra corselet paired against like an 80s power suit that just like really was a bold fashion statement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like literally that reference. I mean, how many times in like different TV shows or something, someone would hold up two safety cones and be like, oh, look at me, I'm Madonna, you know? And it's uh, like, me, I'm it just became, you know, it's like, <laughs> it just became part of pop culture. We were doing this this gig in New York where all the girls were turning Madonna looks. And I did the Jean mm -hmm. Paul Gaultier comb bra suit look. And the lovely. Oh, folks that was so good. The lovely folks from Jean-Paul Gaultier literally flew that out to New York from Brazil. Oh, 
<laughs> that is not a hand short fly, delivered. baby. Hand delivered. We appreciate you because, uh, yeah, because then I just would have been wearing a suit. And it wasn't the actual one, mind you, because let's let's get something perfectly. We. <laughs> <laughs> There's n- no way I was squeezing into that. They did like a uh, they did a, a collection where they like redid them, and so it was like uh, one of the samples from from that. Yeah, but we loved the fantasy. <laughs> that would... The fantasy, nonetheless, yes. was sick name. Yes, it was. That was such a look. Uh okay. I feel like we also need to take a moment to talk about. One of my other faves, Miss Missy Elliott, Miss Missy, Miss mm-hmm. Demeanor, Elliott. Yes. Oh God, so good. Because like one thing that I love is that Missy A is always thinking outside of the box, is always yes. presenting herself in such an authentic way that it's just so she, Missy's mind and point of view and aesthetic is just so her own, her DNA and her fingerprint on on stage costuming. She like came out of this water and like yeah. she's completely like bald cap, black oil slick. What? Was that the... Was that VMAs? I think that was the VMAs. That was such an amazing performance. Holy shit. Jesus Christ. And then, uh, <laughs> like, I, just like the iconic June Ambrose couture Michelin man suit from... Oh, yes. I Can't oh, Stand the God. Rain. Or The Rain. Sorry. Damn. I remember seeing that as a kid and being like, first of all, I remember wanting those, like, finger waves that Missy Elliott had back in the 90s. Yes. And I kept begging my mom. I was like, why can't I do my hair like like Missy Elliott? She was just like, right? baby, we ain't doing that. <laughs> she said, you gonna wear this little oh high top thing. You gonna keep it pushing. But just like Madonna's cone bra, that, that look specifically, that black like bag look, was so iconic in pop culture. Like anytime anyone had anything shiny and black that was billowy, it was referenced, they would reference Missy Elliott. So like that look was so impactful. And just also, I know we've talked about Missy Elliott before on here, but like, I just live for her back in the nineties. She was like plus size. And I felt like that was just her stamp. She's like, I'm going to serve you something you've never seen before. Where Gaga gave us like theater. She was giving us like swag, you know, it was yes! like that kind of like, mm. oh. it always just had that swag to it, which I'm just like, I love you know, it's always exciting. She's so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's like I'm so always excited cool. to see like what Missy's gonna be be wearing. It's it's, it's dope. Let's move on to our segment that we like to call "It's Not Giving Fashion." So when I think of uh, some of Well, one in particular, one of my, I just didn't, it didn't make the most sense to me. And I love this person as an artist, very talented. (laughs) But um, at this moment in time, this is in 2013, 
Miley Cyrus were the, it's actually like the same look that it's funny that it's so iconic because Miss uh, Little Spice, like it was the look that she recreated for the Snatch Game that she did Uh of Miley, which I love you, Spice, but that also was not giving. Um, That Snatch Game, uh, baby... It, that was rough. It was the girl that was, that was a rough spot. Um, <laughs> uh, so I guess it's appropriate because that look for Miley, when I think of stage costumes that like when like when it came out, you know, like my first reaction to it was just like, girl, what's going on? What? It was the teddy bear yeah, the? leotard. It just was not. Uh, this whole era of Miley was not it for me. She was so annoying to me at this I have come around to Miley. I was definitely a, a low-key Miley hater when she was coming out in this era mm-hmm. because she was just forcing. She was just, one, she had all that flack for appropriating Black culture, mm-hmm. it, like with the twerking and like all oh, that. So that, yeah. already, that, that already put her on my shit list. But, you know, she was just trying to force this narrative that she was, quote unquote, ratchet. And oh, she was yeah. like... You know, trying to be something that she's not. Like, I mean, she's a great singer. I was uh-huh. like, girl, just like do your thing. Like, you're. She was clearly just trying to be someone that she wasn't, and also trying to break free of this Disney era Hannah Montana. Yeah, you know, she's like, I'm a bad girl. I smoke mm-hmm. weed. I drink. Maybe mm-hmm. I do a little coke on the weekends. And we're like, yeah, we get it, girl. You're grown <laughs> up now. Like, you don't. You don't need to be doing all that and like wearing this tacky ass faux fur teddy look i don't know this whole bangers era was not it even though i did like some of the songs on that album I, you know crazy i love the album <laughs> i was like bangers be bad and it, 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 i yeah. just feel like it was like there was something about that rollout i felt like yes. miley was just like she was coming in like as like you know this young budding up and coming like teenage kind of like going into like 20s pop star and yeah. wanted to give first day of school I'm this bad bitch now and yeah. everyone was just all like hey girl it's okay chill it's okay <laughs> but I think that's one of the the like caveats of being a child star yeah because we all go you have through to those, have your ooh, I'm an adult moment right and her adult moment was just like really loud and I think that that's yes. where ever, like, you know, and like when I say like loud, you like we look at these looks and like everything about them is like, you know, it's giving it's giving rave. Yeah, it is giving rave. Like no one was really trying to go to the rave in like 2013 <laughs> to 2015. But the thing that's crazy oh about God. it is I feel like people like are about like 2024 are about to be wanting to go to the rave and dare i say was she ahead of her time oh i don't know well we look back and say it was (laughs) the jury's still out on that but Okay, but high key, she's that girl at the rave that comes up to you and your group of friends and her jaws just clenched <laughs> and you're just like, girl, where are your friends? And she's like trying to be part of your group and you're like, go, you're like, no, go somewhere else, girl. Like, we all know that girl. We've all dealt with her and she's not fun. She's annoying. <laughs> Well, 
love. Good old Tosh. This has been such a fun time talking about all of our favorite and not so favorite stage costumes and moments. Um, any final thoughts or opinions or words of wisdom for our listeners? When you're on stage, you have to make sure that you're bringing it to the people in the cheap seats in the back. That's the big takeaway. Like, we need yes. to see it. We need to see it. It's got to be bold. It's got to be stage worthy. It has to be something that really expresses your personality because it can be yeah. part of pop culture forever. You never know. You know? You know? Well, y'all, that has been yet another episode of It's Giving Fashion. Yes, your new favorite podcast about fashion, friendship, and Ferraris. <laughs> vroom, vroom. <laughs> Join us every Thursday because we will be here vrooming. <laughs> It's Giving Fashion is produced by Something Else, a Sony Music Entertainment Company. The executive producers are Sarita Wesley and Jasmine Henley-Brown. Medina Parwana is senior producer, Rob Dozier is producer, and Sunny Balkan is associate producer. This show is engineered by Samantha Gatsik. And Gatsik! <laughs> <laughs> That's cute! <laughs> <laughs>